Peter Mann, good morning, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Phil. Awesome. We chatted about, well, three, four months ago when you just published The Sheriff of One Child. Was it longer? It uh, was about nearly a year ago Tiny. now. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. How's it going? Uh, it's going very well. Sales are good in Hong Kong. A um, bit slow in the UK, but uh, oh, it's going well. It's, uh, check it out, The Sheriff of One Child. It's his story of the early days and everybody says oh he was a policeman but you were you were the sheriff longer than you were a policeman weren't you or something well i was policeman for a few years and then i moved on to be an administrative officer for another 25 years See, yeah. so it's a bit of everything it's basically a, a love affair with hong kong over 40 years yeah remind me were you one of those guys that it was a cathartic thing you had to get this out there or was it just like i wouldn't mind doing this i think i had to get it out yeah um, <laughs> It, yeah, it's good therapy, I writing. Bet, I bet know. it is. Today we're going to talk about something different because Peter is the chairman of the Royal Commonwealth Society here in Hong Kong and they do lots of funky things and as Peter um, said to me earlier, he'd like to get more people to know about it. So why don't you give us the ABC of the Commonwealth Society? OK, well, the Royal Commonwealth Society was started in Hong Kong in 1983 by Sir Dennis Roberts yep. and it basically exists to promote friendship and understanding between people of different ethnic and cultural backgrounds and to network between Commonwealth people for instance, Phil, I bet you didn't know that we had 200,000 Canadian citizens in Hong Kong. I know there's plenty of them, but I didn't know it was that many. Yes. Um, so um, w w Hong Kong is no longer a formal member of the Commonwealth because uh, we had to step down in 1997. But we obviously still have very strong um, business, legal and sporting links. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, we organise speaker lunches and we have an annual charity ball and we do a Commonwealth Day reception in March and we run the the famous essay competition which oh, yeah. is very popular with hong kong schools tell me a bit more about that well we there's an essay competition and around about 30 or 40 hong kong schools take part and then the winners we have a, a ceremony for the winners normally in december in the helena may mm. and their families come along and it it just helps to to keep the standard of english up and it's very popular so essay rather than a short story competition how do you set the rules what are the parameters um it normally the the beginning of the year they give a topic and then everyone goes out and writes it and then there's a judge a panel of judges in london and um basically oh, this is it's worldwide gotcha. it's a worldwide essay competition yeah mm -hmm. and it's the, the the premier essay competition in the world i think i think uh, as far as i know right well you've got all sorts of events you've got one coming up tell tell me um other things you've done before we talk about your brexit debate um what other kinds of things do you do on a regular basis well we have uh, all sorts of interesting speaker lunches um we had one recently on policing of 20th century um Hong Kong mm. um, and <clears throat> we have you know people come in to tell us about the arts festival and other interesting things occasionally we get Commonwealth consul generals to come and talk about their countries you know Australia Canada South Africa that sort of thing yeah um, so we keep we keep very busy but we've got a big event coming up this Friday which is a forum um, at the Hong Kong Club from 4 to 6 30 and it's called Brexit a Commonwealth Opportunity um, we have Lord Howell, who is the um, chairman of the House of Lords International Relations Committee, is the keynote speaker. And a lot of Hong Kong people, uh, Andrew Seaton, British Chamber of Commerce, Sandra Palici, uh, the EU office in Hong Kong, Mark Castigay, Andrew Wells of the Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce. Now, we're not seeking to rerun the Brexit debate. <laughs> no, it's different, isn't it? We're looking at, you know, how it might benefit the Commonwealth. Um, because don't forget, the Commonwealth is a fantastic 
network of countries, two and a half billion people. Um, and don't forget also Britain's future, um, it's not a sort of either or situation in the sense that we don't have to have one and not the other. I mean, there's no reason why we can't be friendly and get on very well with Europe and have trade with Europe, but also expand our links with the Commonwealth. And that's kind of what we're looking at. Mm. Th- do you think there are a lot of misconceptions about Brexit? Well, I think there are, and I think that everyone has a different agenda, and I think it's been very divisive in the UK, and a lot of families and friends arguing with, with each other about it. Social and also media really doesn't help very much, does it? Seen as a generational thing where the older people perhaps see more of a global role for Britain, and, and the younger people are very um, upset that they, they, they think that they're going to be taken out of Europe. Of course, they're not. Um, but uh, what I would say is that Europe... Um, I mean, it's not Europe that, that Britain is objecting to. It's the, the, the centralised nature, of, yeah. in some ways, of the EU and the fact that it is basically a protectionist, whereas Britain could see its future in these sort of changing circumstances over the last few years as a leader in global free trade. And I think that's where the Commonwealth comes in. Um, this incredible network, um, it was called, someone called it the other day, the mother of all networks, um, because we have so much in common, you know, in terms of um, rule of law, uh, the institutions, the English language, parliamentary system, uh, many um, professional um, and civil organisations, you see, which make it into an incredible network, as opposed to the sort of centralised thing that we see in the EU. So I think it's very interesting, the the future. Is this a purely theoretical thing, or are you going to see the the stuff you're talking about as a, a reality in any way? Oh, yeah, I think it's all it's all real. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how the Hong Kong businessmen react to what Lord Howell has to say, because he's very optimistic about the, the Commonwealth Network. But I think a lot of Hong Kong businessmen have tended to be a little bit negative because they feel that, um, you know, Britain was the way into the EU. And also probably they didn't like the way that the pound crashed. Yeah, so there's been a lot of negativity. So um, from that point of view, I think it will be very exciting, very controversial and very interesting. Tell us a bit about Lord Howell then. Where does he sit on all of these things? I'm assuming he's a yes person? Well, he's actually the president of the RCS in London. Right. Uh, he is a... a um, uh, he sat on a number of cabinets. He was in Margaret Thatcher's cabinet as, as Secretary for Energy. Mm-hmm. He was in. Um, uh, he's also been in uh, David Cameron's cabinet as uh, Secretary for Foreign and Commonwealth Affairs. Um, he's a very international person, and I think he sees a lot of possible uh, future um, um, symbiosis with the Commonwealth. And I'd be very interested. He talks a lot about networks because, you know, in the old days we had the old hub and spoke idea and now we've got stuff called cluster because you don't have anyone in charge. Everyone is equal in the Commonwealth of 52 sovereign nations. Mm. And so potentially there's thousands of connections and I think that's a very exciting idea. Yeah. um, What I mean, just explain a little bit more about how he is going to do this thing, the actual performance of it, because you don't want to get into a for and against um, argument, really. I mean, yes, you're bringing in the Commonwealth thing. But tell us some things we don't know about the potential with the Commonwealth there. Um, well, I mean, how is he going to do it? I mean, he's, he's going to give a keynote speech and he's going to take questions. We all, we'll make it very interactive. Everyone's going to um, have a chance to stand up and ask a question. Yeah. Then we have a panel with the, uh, you know, the, the Chambers of Commerce and the EU office who will give their thoughts. And then we'll have another uh, question and answer session. And in the end, we'll probably call for a vote. Oh. 
as to you know whether um, the the Brexit is going to lead to a huge increase in trade between the UK and the Commonwealth. And also, we'd like to talk about China a little bit because, in a way, you know, Hong Kong is the super connector between not only between China and Britain, but mm. between China and the Commonwealth. So I think. China, for instance, with its Belt and Road, um, say, for instance, the um, uh, Pakistan, which is which they have a, a, a new port and a huge connection going into West China, and of course Pakistan is a very active member of the member of the Commonwealth. So I can see a lot of networking possibilities. There's an interesting thing there. Let's talk about you know your family members or friends, ordinary kind of people. The minute they get a whiff of Belt and Road, they're going to say, but these are all terrorism hubs, whether they're right, whether they're right or wrong. I bet you they say that. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, this is, this is not central, but um, obviously we'd like to bring Hong Kong and China into it because Hong Kong stands at a very, very central position here between, between China, between the UK and between the Commonwealth. So I think um, uh, it will be very, very interesting to see also whether whether the Hong Kong businessmen could be brought round to seeing that there are actually benefits from a, a reorientation of world trade in this direction. What's your sort of perception of how a lot of your friends and colleagues who are businessmen sit on this this particular issue? You say brought round. Well, I, I, as I said earlier on, Phil, I mean, I know it's been very, very divisive. Mm. And um, I, I know a lot of families that have had huge arguments, and particularly between young people and um, their, their parents and grandparents. And I've heard, you know, the young say, you've ruined our lives. And, um, you know, we were all going to have a good time before you've decided to do this. And you're all living in the past, and it's unrealistic. But I think the, what people don't understand, the essence is about about free trade rather than protectionism. And as I said at the beginning, Phil, there's no reason why we can't have both good relations with Europe and good trade with Europe and with the Commonwealth. It's not an either-or. No, absolutely not. Well, a lot of the Brexit discussion, particularly people who wanted to leave, um, it was, it was quite, quite naturally based on their backyard. I can't do X, Y and Z, therefore I hate Europe. And that's what we do as human beings. So let's be selfish. What, what can you see Hong Kong particularly, if everything goes according to plan, benefiting? Well, um, you, you've seen a new relationship um, over the last few years between the UK and China. A different they relationship. <laughs> they talked about the golden years. I mean, you know, uh, President Xi Jinping rode in the Queen's state coach and everything, and they really pushed the bo boat out, and they're involved in the, this new nuclear power station and other such big projects. So Hong Kong obviously is an intermediary there between between that relationship. Um, and I think um, China will consider more... Um, you, but particularly the example that I just gave in mm. terms of Pakistan, you know, which is very important for Chinese relations and for the for the Belt and Road, is is something that is very much locked into the Commonwealth net. So all I'm suggesting is that we look at these new networks and see if we can maximise them. Yeah, fair enough, and good to talk about whatever you feel. Yeah, give us all the details once again, Peter. Okay, so um, Brexit, a Commonwealth opportunity, will be held at the Hong Kong Club this Friday, the third of November, from four to six thirty. We've still got open uh, spaces. If you want to come along, just show up, and you can register at the door. So um, I think you'll find it very exciting, quite controversial, but certainly very interesting. Peter Man.